Well, we're just about done this series. Which is hard to believe. It's taken a year, just about. Actually, it's true. <laughs> and not an evenly spaced year. Like, it was, like, hey, no. one every six weeks to then there were periods where, like, a four-week period, there were six films reviewed. It was very sporadic at the beginning. And mm-hmm. then we realized that we had been a little too loose with our schedule, uh, well, given well, at the time when the when the release date of No Time to Die was. Yeah, because there was a period where there was no way we could have reviewed them all in time to watch No Time to Die in theaters. Then the first right. COVID delay, it was like, hey, this is a thing. Let's like we'd be yeah. silly not to do it. Let's let's, let's make it happen. On this. Yeah. And then unfortunately it got postponed again, so it was in a way all for nothing. But at least it'll be cool that it will line up, just it won't be immediately when we're done. Yeah, I don't know if it would be all for nothing, because I mean it's coming out in the spring now. And yeah. um and at the rate we were reviewing them initially. I, we could, we would be nowhere near where we are now. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think it. Either way, we had to hike up our socks. It's it's not so. ideal, obviously, but it. I think it's still working out. Sure. Double uh, O Seven series. I'm gonna rapid fire through this because I say it every time. Yep. I had never seen any of the 007 films before, so we are fixing that. Uh, we watch all the movies. We rank them on a scale of 0 to 10 in eight different categories. Yep. And we take all those scores. We average them. We take that number and place it in a ranking system along with all the others to help us find the quintessential Bond film. So, Which will yeah. it be? Which which will it be? So mm-hmm. far for both of us, it's Casino Royale. Yeah, baby. The, the, the 2006 one. Oh, obviously. Danny boy. <laughs> Today yeah. we do Skyfall, uh, number 25. Yeah, let's just do this. Let's, let's just get jump into in. it. Uh, let's going to confuse people. It's number 25 because we also did the two non-Eon. Yes, films. yes. Number 23, Eon. 25 total. Yeah. 23 being my favorite number. We talk about that a lot. We It has come up a lot. But it's, it's you know, I love that number. Uh, okay. <laughs> Skyfall. Yes. The category of plot. Okay. Lay it on me. This is a plot that we've seen uh, Never in Bond films before, but I've seen, like, the idea that there's an agency and the agency has a list and the list has been compromised, and that means that a bunch of agents are in jeopardy. Mm. Uh, yeah, true. Is not a, it's not a unique plot. True. Um, I wondered I where you were Johnny going, because I was like, where, where have we seen this before? But yeah, that, that has yeah, been Yeah, one of the Johnny English films did it, I yeah. think. Probably as a spoof to this. Um Sure. But yeah, it's and then I've seen it at least one other place, and I can't remember. But it's it's as far as like spy espionage movies go, it's a it's a uh, well trot plot. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been used been used many times. Um, having said that, sure. Skyfall's plot gets a nine. Um, 
<laughs> because although we've seen this a bunch of times, yeah, we've never seen it like this. Like normally, normally sure. you get you know the list. Okay, we're gonna retrieve the list and everyone's okay. No, literally immediately, people start dying. Right, and MI6 gets bombed, and then we find Mr. Silva, and he's like. He's got so much, like, you know, drive to him because of, of stuff that we, you know, we discover what his motivation is and why he why he is the the bag of ass that he is. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's so, you know, it's so it's, it's not so much the plot, but it's the execution of the plot, and it's hmm. the yeah. little subplots. It's the things that are woven throughout it um you know stuff like his his co-agent shooting him in the beginning and so he's got that you know sort of animosity as a result of that um and just how everything everything flows so nicely in this hmm fair enough interesting yeah so i gave it a nine that's a solid score I gave it a seven, so not as high, but not too far off. You know, it's simple enough. Um, per perhaps pushes the Bond storyline forward, I guess. Uh, but I would also say perhaps not. We don't progress in the Spectre storyline, or at least what the underlying story is behind film one and two and kind of what's pushing things forward there. Um, I do like there's a theme in this of the greater good outweighing an individual and it's introduced quite early and quite frequently and it really kind of resurfaces throughout the film in a, in a key, key way. Um, and there, there's an element to the story that I do like the returning to an old classic theme because obviously this film is, uh, you know, 50 years from the original. So we get this kind of anniversary where we start in the film where it's super techie, super modern, but then as it progresses in the story, we return to more simpler, simpler uh, kind of settings and kind of motifs. And, you know, by the end, there's this standoff at the Bond Ranch that could have happened in 1962. Like nothing is out of place as far as technology in that cir circumstance. I My only argument with it is it seemed more like a Jason Bond film at that s certain point in time than a James Bond film. So You mean Jason, um, Jason Bourne? Sorry, yeah. It felt more like Jason Bourne than James Bond at that point. Okay. Just with all the right. action, action style and whatnot. But um, yeah, all, ultimately I think you're good. wrong, but it's fair. Yeah. Um, the only thing I, I, I don't know what other category to bring it up in other than plot, and it's just a small little snippet, is when they're at the Bond Ranch, it just feels weird because I'm wondering, there's this Kincaid dude that shows up and I'm, I'm, I'm just like, what have you been doing all these years at the ranch? And literally there was no car there. So how does he, like, how does he go to town? Like, how does he, does he just use Uber Eats? Does he like never leave? Is he the caretakers till death. I was just curious how that works, but a seven, a Uber. seven out of 10. He, he Ubers. <laughs> uh, next category, we have portrayal of bond. Sure. And just like last time I gave this a 10. Um, Ooh, I, I think, I think, you know, the first Daniel Craig film laid a foundation. Sure. The second one built on it. 
Sure. Uh, and this just took this just took all of it one step further. I can um, take that. Yeah. Adding this layer of now a broken bond, a bond that is not only not physically adept to do the job, um, but you know is struggling with these demons of you know essentially alcoholism at this point. Yep. Um, because we've never seen that. Like we've seen a bond who we go, ah, bond drinks a lot, doesn't he? Um, but <laughs> right. never like, oh, okay, I'm worried about Bond's liver. Um, yeah, like we are in this one. Um, and and then on top of that, all of the him having to reconcile and deal with just all of his thoughts pertaining to his past, visiting a place that it seems like he told himself he would never return to. Um, yet there he is. Um, hmm. And how he how he deals with that, how he um, how he navigates through potentially, arguably, the most threatening and serious and intense um, set of circumstances that Bond has had to, uh, but doing so the least equipped to do so that he has been. Um, you know he he needs to he needs to bring his a game now more than ever but he's 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 got a lower batting average than he ever has in the past um, <laughs> right. and i think that's just such a a wonderfully entertaining combination so i give it a 10 wow that's a strong score but uh, well defended i i can't argue it i gave it a slightly lower i gave it a 9 um just i i think it's great um, specifically, I thought it was interesting how throughout these Daniel Craig films, we are seeing different sides to Bond, whether it was his emotional connections with Vesper or with, um, uh, Mathis, you know, we see more, di- more human elements of him in this one. I feel like it was definitely interesting to see him, uh, worried about agents being left behind or the individual worrying about the individual versus just work, worrying about the big picture. So that was interesting. But there, there was definitely the recurring theme of, like, this is a young man's game. And I remember when I first watched this film, with all the themes of aging and death, I really honestly thought this film was kind of building us up to, like, this is Daniel Craig's last film. And to which I'm, I, I'm pleasantly surprised that I was wrong and that he's here for two more, like Spectre and No Time to Die. So I'm glad I was not kind of... I'm glad I was incorrect. I'm glad that's not what this film was leading to. Um, but yeah, on a couple of lighter notes, Bond breaks into M's apartment again and Bond cannot sleep his way into a clean bill of health, which was refreshing to see from what we've seen historically. So, um, just generally a strong performance, a nine out of 10. Sweet. Uh, next up we have villain. Mm -hmm. I gave this a 10 out of 10. Uh, whoa. You know what? Whoa. Whoa, 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 so we, whoa. We have a we have a gimmick. Okay. Uh, in the sense that he he's this guy who who because of a a cyanide capsule um that that didn't do its job has melted away his insides and and a, a good chunk of his face. Um and man, that scene that that just like terrifying feeling 
eerie make your stomach turn feeling when he he takes his 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 prosthetic out uh and you see his face kind of droop down and cave in and stuff like that um yeah so that's that's menacing i love you know i'm a big believer a bond villain needs a gimmick um so he's got one uh his interaction when he first meets bond and he's kind of like coming on to bond he's kind of like right right uh, he's kind of having his own little bit of fun, um, all the while kind of psychologically attacking Bond, like trying to break down his 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 character. Um, that's fun. Uh, his ability to you know like it, it just his smarts, like he's a genius. He's 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 constantly one step ahead of Bond and M and all of MI six. Um, his ability to hack their system, his ability to escape the way that he does. Uh, I'd said at one point um, in the film, like he's been he's been planning this. This is everything that's happened. It's happened because he orchestrated it too. Um, and so that's amazing. Uh, and then just his drive, his motivation. Um, there's never a moment there's been there's been moments in the past with bond villains where you go is he like is he just this hell bent on power like he just really he loves money that much like move on <laughs> get past this this, yeah. this is going to get you killed is the score really worth what you're going through here uh mm. you never ever you never ever doubt mr silva's um you never doubt his motivation you never doubt his drive, his hatred, his anger. Hmm. The the fact that he spent all of that time being tortured um, and holds M responsible and will stop at nothing to take M out uh, and really, for the most part, sees Bond as an afterthought. Bond is just an irritating roadblock between <laughs> him and M. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know. He was just... He, there was never, there was never a moment when he was on the screen I didn't find his performance gripping. Hmm. Uh, so he gets a ten out of ten. Wow. Okay. So this is where we start to differ a little bit. I gave it a five out of ten, and I won't argue oh, that. Go home. He, it's not. I won't argue that it's not gripping. But here are my two, my two main things here. So I've always found that mouse dialogue or mouse monologue i guess it's a little gimmicky and to a fault last i mean rat standing yeah you know instead of feeling natural and very like progressing naturally something about it just never really clicked with me like he starts reciting it even before like the elevator opens pretty much and he gives off this vibe of like that he's been practicing it in the mirror for months and it just to me it seems a little more pathetic than menacing um you know Yes, he is a villain, bigger picture here. He's calculated, he's precise. But again, almost to a fault to me as a viewer, because, you know, his plots and his plans lack even a touch of realism, and they require so many things to line up. Like, I mean, even the most calculated of plans have some unforeseen changes. You know, at times these schemes, they almost required like an omnipotent presence to actually just weave their way through and, and be be accurate. You know what I mean? Like there's always things that are unaccounted for that he was just banking on just for everything to run seamlessly. And like what? 
like everything, like just everything that came to a timing where James Bond literally could have shot him in the leg. Instead, everything kind of worked out as a timing to where he could like comedically hit a button and then the subway exploded and came down and kind of came between him and James Bond. Like there was just things where it was like, you know what? Real world here. What if that subway was running late? What if James Bond had said, screw this, I'm not getting burned again. I'm literally shooting you in the femur and then you can't run away anymore. And even if a subway had come down, he's just, the villain's left there crawling on the ground and it's all, all his plans fall through. You know what I mean? Like just everything that it was like, everything had to be perfectly in line that just some things just lack, lack to realism. It's, it's, we, we've talked about this in Home Alone. It's kind of like, every each each individual thing he did was plausible was very realistic i'm like yeah like there's nothing impossible about that it's just the volume that it happened at where you're it's not just one gimmick or one scheme one on their own is fine like i that things happen like that all the time but when you're lining up a dozen things that all have to line up to work seamlessly that's when it's just like you know there's always going to be one weak link and if it falls apart then kind of other other aspects would fall apart too so you know i I don't think it was bad it's not the worst film we've ever had i'm just it's not my favorite so i gave it a five out of ten it's he's right down the middle can i make a can i make a counter argument oh of course uh i what if just because he he seems so like he's thought of everything, sure, right? That's part of his character is he's thought of everything. So, yep. how many contingencies do you think he has? Fair, right? Like you're Fair. you're you're going off the assumption that this is his one plan, and that yeah. if it doesn't if it doesn't time out perfectly, then he's screwed. Or is sure. he just that prepared? Is he just that well equipped that? You know, if I'm forced to go, you know, there's there's seven streets surrounding MI6 for my escape to happen. Right. And if I, for some reason, get detoured to any one of these seven streets, then this is how, this is what happens. I, right? If I end up in the tunnel underneath, then I can blow up that because I've got bombs placed here, 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 and here. Because he's he, because he obsesses because he you know you say he's he's it seems like he spent time practicing it in the mirror I bet you he has he probably has because yeah. he's so obsessed because yeah. he's so driven he's had nothing but time like th- th- there nothing else exists in his life except for the gripping reality that he spent this time being tortured and that now he's he's seeking revenge. Actually, that's, you know what, I'm going to say, what I'll say to that is, I'm not obviously going to change my score as a result of what you said. Sure. And I don't think you've convinced me one way or the other with what you said. But for, I do mean this with all sincerity. I think I, like, I'm actually, that's a really good point that I didn't necessarily consider. But at the end of the, the whole point of this scoring is, it's just not a villain that I really, really think is the best and and that's what it comes down right. to but i i'd actually never really consider and that and that's that's true like may, maybe he's just so calculated that yeah it's kind of fluky that the one street that he drove down was fine but maybe we didn't see the seven other streets that had seven other getaway cars that weren't used that he just had kind of in his back pocket so that's fair sure i i can take okay. that cool okay so next category gadgets uh 
I gave this a nine. I listen. Wow. So there was okay. no, there's no. How do I want to? We've got Q back. Yes, um, we do. Yeah, a different Q, but still a fun Q. Uh, really, you know, I I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before. No, it was um, it was the last episode that we had with Pierce Brosnan. Yes. And I was yes. I was saying, you know, Pierce Brosnan's cool with this gun that he's got with the silencer on it and all this stuff. But where's the Walther PPK? Where's the stubby James mm, Bond right. gun? Where's the gun that that he's been using from the get? Uh and here it is. And not only is it here, but it's it's been coded to his palm print, so he's the only one that can use it. Oh man. Like that in and of itself is is just about the coolest damn thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> followed with a fun little simple, but just hilariously executed radio transmitter. Um, that's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, yep. We've got, uh, we've got, you know, self-fogging, like fogging glass, glass that goes obscure, which... Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, which, fun fun fact, um, when we were watching it, I paused it and I turned to to the person I was watching it with and I said, uh, watch this YouTube video. This is, this is like, there's nothing fictional about that. That's real. If you have an oh, office wow. building, you can, and you've oh. got like a conference room that's all like glass walls right. and you need to have a private conference or like... Sure you know do some money laundering or something you can like <laughs> obscure the glass like that's a, right with like the press of a button it's is really cool but it does exist um oh, it has cool. for a long time actually um Dang. but that's all cool really what this comes down to at the end of the day is we have the return of uh a 64 aston martin yeah yeah that's beautiful cool. car Yep. Um with machine guns. Yep. And an ejection seat, which yep. he threatens to eject M. Oh yeah. Um here's my question though. Please. At what point like the car is back and that's cool. Um at what point like why why does it have gadgets? Like, this is the car that he won in a poker game in Casino Royale. Um, and it's back now. We get to see it again. Hmm. But why does it have, like, did Q Branch put an ejection seat in it? Did Q Branch add the machine guns in it? Like, these, these are the gadgets that the car had when Sean Connery had it. Right. Uh... But does it make any sense that the the bad guy that he won it off of in Casino Royale had those gadgets? <laughs> See, I never car? pictured it. I never pictured it as that's the physical car that he won at the poker game in Casino Royale. I just pictured oh, it, it as it's the same make and well, model and year yeah, and everything. I mean, it just I it doesn't make sense if you picture it that way. You're right. Like, it, it, why would this guy have all that gear? I've always just pictured it as. There were two cars mutually exclusive to each other. The one that he won at the poker game, and then this one that was 
just part of the MI6 fleet, and it's it's just a coincidence. That doesn't seem like a bigger stretch to you? That seems like a huge stretch to me. I feel like they're just... Same, is... same color, same everything? Oh, yeah. It's... It both... Yeah. I I feel like it's we impossible. We'd have to go back. We'd have to go back and compare license plates. Because if it's yeah. the same license plate, then that's a huge stretch. Yeah. If the I... one in Casino Royale versus this one has the same license plate, then it's got to be the same car. Yeah. Not that you can't take a license plate and move it, but you but you wouldn't. He. Wouldn't. I just feel like I don't know why they would have that one from Casino Royale because like he just kind of won that. It's not like it was the company car. I, no, but he obviously kept it. Like, I don't think he, you know, he would have, yeah. during the debrief or whatever, he would say, by the way, I have a car that needs to be shipped back to, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. MI6 would have done it for him. I don't know. Yeah. Um, to be anyways, honest, I've never, I've never given it that much thought, but that's actually, that's a true point. I don't know. Both are a bit of a stretch. Uh, so anyways, nine out of 10. Um, sure. You know, it, uh, it wasn't the, it wasn't the most gadget heavy bond, but no, it, left me wanting for little um, sure sure you know maybe a more modern aston martin uh, not that i don't love like not sure not instead of but in addition no, no, no. to yeah right? having like an mi6 yes. issued aston yep. martin please um, sign me up that would have been fun mm -hmm. um you know and maybe one or two other I don't know, small doodads or or sure. show showing off of of different technologies, um, yeah. but overall super happy. It, it, there was nothing. There was no gadget that took away from the experience, um, and there was very little that I was left wishing I had. So yeah, nine out of ten. Cool. I I was a little more not impressed. I, I just gave it a five out of ten. It was it was so so for me. I do like how Audi finally made an appearance. BMW has been in these films, more so the Pierce Boston ones, so that was kind of fun. It was a villain who was driving it, so whatever that means. I did find it, there was, I counted this as a gadget, but it was kind of a bullcrap gadget. There was like that one gun with the henchman that had like the extended magazine. Um, the dermal recognizing gun was cool. The radio transmitter was, was all right. The assassin's suitcase gun, I found a little gimmicky. Um, so just generally, I thought nothing was bad, but it wasn't the best. Um, and yeah, to me, if there had been like a really killer Aston Martin modern day thrown in somewhere, this score probably could have, I, I probably could have given it a seven, maybe an eight. Um, the only other thing I want to mention, and it's not a gadget, just don't know where else to mention it. It was cool. I think it was, was it McKellen Scotch? Regardless where, um, Mr. Silva gives uh, Bond a drink of it and he's like hey it's a personal favorite of yours and it's a 50 year old scotch because it's the 50th anniversary yeah. of James Bond I thought that was kind of cool yeah oh for sure mm -hmm. so a five uh, five out of ten yeah okay that's that's I can I can stomach that <laughs> uh, fights in action sure a category that is you know like I said I'm not a I'm not an I'm not a action guy. No. Really. At the end of the day. Um, no, yeah. Action movies don't do it for me. I don't really care. Sure. Which is why me saying that I gave this a 10. What? What? Uh, no. What? Is no. Of, of no. Like, what? Honestly. 
Seriously? Not only again was it a what? huge with ex- exploding houses and helicopters shooting the house out and uh, wow. And just like oh man. A 10. I, there was there was and 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 chases, like the chase when he's chasing Mr. Silva after he's escaped. Um huh. there was there was nothing this this all I can say is that the fights and action in this movie literally left me wanting for nothing. Um, the the fight within the casino, I was just captivated. I was having so much fun. All oh, of the yeah. all of the all of the action that happened felt like it belonged. Nothing felt forced. Um, action sure. sequences never felt like they went on any longer than they had to. And it didn't even it it wasn't even big action. It was just tactful action. It was tasteful action. It was, it was fighting that, um, that was rough around the edges. Uh, hmm. You know, it was it was Bond fighting the silhouette fight in the top of the 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 skyscraper. Um, it was tense moments like him struggling to hold on to the elevator going up. It was, um, it was choking the guy out as they're sinking in the frozen pond, um, hmm. yeah, and and struggling to do so, right? Show, seeming much and partially that's partially because he's he he sucks now because he's been shot, his arms all buggered and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just everything that happened. Um, you know, seeing, seeing the co-agent with a gun, seeing like the shootout that happens inside of the, the courtroom, um, Bond shooting the, the fire extinguishers to create cover, everything just, it just worked for me. I, I was, it's, it's my favorite action from any film, action oriented film I've ever seen. So I give it a 10. I've got an idea of where this episode is going okay i do straight to hell (laughs) uh so for fights in action you said a 10 i did sure sure did man yeah i I gave it a two what you no i'm just kidding (laughs) i i I did not honestly (laughs) i thought i was a hundred percent hook line and sinker you had me so i gave it an eight which is respectable Um, That's amazing. That's a lot different than a two. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think it's quite adequate. I think it's tolerable. Just personally, I don't think it's at the Casino Royale parkour level where, you know, I was gasping. I was grabbing my seat. I was looking at the person next to me. I'm like you. So action films, it really has to grab a hold of me to be of note. Um, So this was a step below Casino, but it was still respectable. We're still in that modern day where the action sequences aren't a drawback to the film like some of the earlier ones these ones add to the film um i think probably what comes down to it where maybe you gave it a higher score and i gave it a lower score i touched on this last week too just in general with this film as well the color palette is just so different from casino royale where casino was so vibrant so bright um this one it's more darker more bland and you know i think the the two films and their color palettes i think mirror bond where they're at like this one he's he's kind of 
you know, he's, he's, he's older than he was. He's not as young and vibrant as he was. He's, he's jaded. He's physically broken. You know, from a thematic point of view, it makes perfect sense. I just personally enjoy Casino a bit more. So eight out of 10, respectable, not as good as a 10. So talking about color palette, uh, I, I will defend the statement that there is not a moment in the 25 James Bond films that we've watched mm-hmm. that is as vibrant okay. and as stunningly breathtaking and beautiful okay. as the shots of both Mr. Silva and Bond walking, running, limping towards the chapel with the burning Bond estate in the background glistening off of the the foggy moor it's it's stunning it's it's jaw-droppingly vibrant and beautiful and and sad all in and of itself and man i don't know man that's 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 like the the most beautiful shot that that any bond film has given us in my opinion it's it's really a testament of how far we've come and obviously a testament of the films reflecting their times but it is it is interesting that you could make such a statement and the statement has merit it has legs is where we we looked at some of these films from the 60s from the 70s and they just weren't trying to do the same things cinematically as was Skyfall as was Casino Royale so it is interesting sure. and you know what I can't think of a scene off the top of my head that tops it, so I can't say I agree with you, but I definitely don't disagree with you. All right, fair. Uh, so actually, looking over my notes here, I need to make an amendment. Sure. Uh, I said that I gave Gadgets a 9. I actually gave it an 8. Um, okay. So still still high. Yeah. Still really high. Uh, and then of note, the other thing I wanted to say in gadgets, um, I've been thinking this for several weeks and I don't know if I've said it, if I have said it, ignore me. Uh, if I haven't said it, listen up. Um, (laughs) you were talking about like, yeah, Pierce Brosnan and, and the BMW and stuff. Something that's caught me off guard, something that has surprised me in our 25 Bond films is based on my understanding of Bond, based on what you would think of Bond, um, it's surprising how seldom in these 25 films Bond actually is behind the wheel of an Aston Martin. Right? Yeah. Like a little bit in the first couple and then not at all for a long time. Yeah. Uh, And then sort of peppered back in. But like is is in no way a staple of James Bond the way that I understood it to be. That's um, true. Yeah. So really we- that's been really weird for me. Uh mm. Bond girl. Yes. Uh I also gave this an 8. Um and there's two okay. interesting things here. One so we have we have our what I would say is our main Bond girl, the the obvious Bond girl who interestingly isn't in the film very long. Um, she's killed off pretty quick in a, uh, in an execution that I think just speaks to the, again, the, the menacing savageness of Mr. Silva, um, Hmm. that he just, he shoots her without a, you know, without a second thought. Uh, 
but she's got a fun backstory. Um, not fun in the hey, hey kind of way, <laughs> no. but in the like, you know, she's she's part of a sex trade. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. She's yeah. part of a sex trade. Bond's gonna sort of liberate her, right? He's gonna he's gonna free her. Yep. Um yep. save her. Uh and ultimately that doesn't end up happening. Um she gets captured and, and executed. So that's another, we don't really mm. explore it at all, but uh, it would be interesting to, to have unpacked if that had any further impact on, on James's psyche. Um, right. Yeah. You know, uh, but I think she's fun. Um, mysterious. She's got a, he never sleeps with her. Um, um. but well, we don't uh, see them sleep together. They do shower. Like, they're hanging out in the shower. Well, but, you know, you do that. Um, <laughs> okay, they probably slept together. But, sure, um, sure. But, you know, uh, but she's got, even before that happens, without her taking her clothes off, just the way she presents herself, she's got a, a sexiness to her. She's got... Um, and not even, you know, not even that, like, oh, this is how she's been raised. Like, this is her job. This is how she makes money. She's just, there's a, a sexy mysteriousness to her um, from the moment she first comes over and approaches him. And, and so that's kind of fun. Uh, in a weird twist, though, in many ways, uh, M is also... Like, I think there's an argument that M is kind of a Bond girl in this. Um, and, you know, not one, obviously, that there's any romantic entanglement to, but she's the one that needs to be saved. Um, and she's the one, you know, the, the most almost romantic or the most emotional connection moment, staring into each other's eyes moment in this hmm. movie is felt between Bond and M right at the end um huh. and so that's really interesting as well that the girl that gets you know tags along for the 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 shootout is m um but so anyways i gave this an eight out of ten super high um you know i i, I can't even remember her name who's 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 the casino bond girl uh severine okay yeah no i don't like her as much as vesper um but a close second, I would say. Hmm. Um, I really enjoyed her. So eight out of ten. I almost thought of doing something really outside the box. So we've got the eight categories that we grade and critique, and then we average it out for a score. I almost considered not even scoring Bond Girl and just having seven categories that I graded and have that for my final score. And I don't mean that as a slight. I just mean, I, like, I, I look, I sit at my laptop and I type Bond Girl. And for this film, I go, who? Who who is our traditional Bond Girl is in the traditional definition? And right. because the one that we have is in so briefly. Yeah. And honestly, I ultimately gave it a good score. I gave it an eight. Okay. Which I'm wondering if I'm being a bit too strong for considering. The reason I gave it an eight, because it's not bad. I gave it an eight 
uh, because, yeah, Severine is interesting. I also included Eva as a Bond girl because there, okay. it, there are quite a few interactions between Bond and Eva. And I'd argue there's Some probably flirting. even more screen time of them flirting, them interacting than there is with Severine. So I heavily influenced, I had he- Eva heavily influenced this score. So that's why I gave it such a high eight out of 10. Um, sure. Definitely lower than Vesper. But yeah, Eva, you know, again, doesn't really fit the definition of the Bond girl, but I considered her for it. She's fun. She's independent. She's strong. Um, so mm-hmm. I gave it an eight out of 10. I did end up including it in my score. I just felt a little weird. And that one kind of, it, it's a bit different. I, it would have been interesting if they had just done without Severine at all. Cause we've talked about this before. It'd be interesting she in this she's modern. Not necessary. Yeah. It would be interesting in this modern day rendition of Bond to say, we don't need a Bond girl per se in this episode, or at least the traditional definition of a Bond girl where it's just, I feel Vesper transcends what the definition was. The definition to me is just kind of a girl that is a side piece for Bond, but not necessarily important to the plot. We could, we've done away with that to a degree because the Bond girls have had more dimensions and more importance of, of late, but this could have been a cool one to just do, do without it altogether. But sure. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Cool. Uh, supporting characters. Now this I am intrigued to hear from this, you. This is the category for us to talk about. I um, think so. I've been really hard on this category in the past, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I think like the first twenty films I scored low. It's like eh, three, <laughs> eh, two. I don't yeah. know, four maybe. I don't care. Like nobody, <laughs> you know. A new I, Felix lighter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Woo. <laughs> uh, I gave this a 10. I and, and wondered. Listen, listen. I, I wondered. So let's let's work through them. Okay. Um, Mallory is a bureaucratic dick. Yep. Uh, but he's a lot of fun. Sure. He comes around in the end. Yep. Um, obviously becomes our new M. Um, Which, yeah. And I'm okay with that, right? Like uh, Ralphie, Ralphie boy came straight off of of Harry Potter and jumped into a, a set of suspenders and pinstripe <laughs> dress pants so that we could, and, you know, and grew a nose, and grew a nose, and and like just his interactions with Bond, this like you know we're sitting there and M lies about Bond's test results. And Bond gets up to walk away, and Mallory says, "I only have one question." Why not stay dead? Um, you know, and and he's he clearly doesn't want Bond involved. Doesn't want Bond there. Um, M stands up for him. Who's M's already been? You know, uh, Mallory is like is pressuring, is forcing M to retire, to quit, to leave, to resign. Um, and M says, you know, as long as I'm the head of this department, I'll choose my own agents. And he goes. Fair enough, because he knows in like two months you're gone anyway, so I can like I can wait that out, <laughs> right? Uh, and walks up to Bond and like has this. He's like, you know, um, you know, good good luck, welcome back or whatever. Don't mm-hmm. cock it up, yeah. And like and walks away and he's just like, oh man, like you're almost a villain. Like you know that was that was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, Q 
queue. We have a queue. Yes. Uh, I struggled at first. Interesting, fantastic actor, wonderful portrayal. Um, different dynamic because he's he's still got spots. Um, <laughs> but that exchange, but he still he holds his own, right? Like that exchange where Q is is validating his credibility and and the fact that Bond needs to take him seriously. I can do more damage from my pajamas with a laptop before my morning cup of Earl Grey than you can in the field in a year. Yeah. Uh, that's fun, right? Like they're they're kind of taking shots at each other and that's a lot of fun. For sure. Um the the stuff just the the quirks, the fun, the radio banter that they're having back and forth. Um that's a lot of fun. The fact that he's not, you know, he's not able to like talk down to Bond as much. He's not able to like be that old mentor figure but mm-hmm. he still does he utters the lines please try to bring this equipment back in one piece yeah and yeah. i'm like oh god like I, I never thought that would feel so good coming from someone so young but holy shit there it was and i'm just as happy uh kincaid is a blast you're all bent out of shape about where he's parking his moped i don't care <laughs> he's i'm just saying he, like where how does he like how does he get groceries how does he, he where does he it's sleep amazing yeah it's amazing to see someone from bond's past who much like alfred loves bruce mm. in batman yeah kincaid loves james try and stop me you jumped up little shit like i yeah. i'm not it's leaving a tough i'm love. i'm staying here to help you i'm not leaving I love his his ignorance because he's like uh, when they're yeah. doing the, the target practice. Yeah. What was it you said you did for a living? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but so good. He, he's he's caring. He's he's loving. Uh, you know, we can forgive the the fact that he's he uses a flashlight in the field um, during their escape in the night. That's you know whatever. That I'm was pretty. That um, was pretty dumb. I mean, that was dumb. But yeah. whatever, it's, you know. But he's 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 fun and can hold his own. Yeah. Uh, in a fight. M. Um. I was not prepared for, and did not know, had not been spoiled for me. I had no idea Judy Dench was going to die. So that's what uh, I've always wondered all along, because we've had this discussion of like the pre. Pierce Brosnan days, you alluded that right. like, yeah, yeah, I know something's coming with him, and I was like, so is he referring to he knows Judy Dench is coming, or he also knows that Judy Dench leaves and there's a new M? So I was curious. You you didn't I, know yeah, that I she knew was... she was on her way. Okay, but you didn't know but she I had was no going to be. We were going to lose her. Really? Wow, uh, that's interesting. And it's it's heartbreaking. Sure. Like, yeah. Like, I was fighting back tears. Oh, um, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, I was, I was just, I was moved by it. She's, she's just as, as, as quirky with them. She's, she's, you know, you, you see in this one more than any of the others, someone else who has love for Bond, who respects Bond. Who, hmm. who knows that although Bond is a, a difficult pain in her ass, um, 
<laughs> who calls her a, a bitch during the world word association, which was hilarious. Right. Yeah, it's it so funny. That's true. Um, she knows that he's her best agent. Yep. yep. Um, even even on his worst day. And I don't know. Just she was. She was. If she could win an Oscar, if 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 you can win an Oscar for a Bond film, I think Judy Dench's performance in this is a contender, hmm. um, hands down. Uh, okay, there's 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 a moment in this film. Yep. At the very end of this film. Sure. Which. So I watched this film twice again. I've watched all the Bond films twice, uh, the Daniel Craig ones twice before yep. reviewing. Oh yeah, um, sure. And and so I may, I may it, it may be emotionally fresh, and so I might be overreacting as a result of that. The last five minutes of this film are in my top are currently in my top 10 favorite moments in cinema. Wow. Um <laughs> oh. and is a feeling that I have not felt since the end of Rogue One. Huh. So the huh. end of Rogue wow. One there's this moment where there's spoilers for Rogue One if if no one's seen Rogue One. True. Um the end of Rogue One they've got the plans to the Death Star they're they're they they're running from Vader, who is is the most badass and cool we've ever seen Vader ever as he's like yeah. oh, for sure. butchering guys in this hallway. Um <laughs> and and they get it through the doorway and the guy you know, they're running around on the ship and he turns the lights on and there's this like familiar siren sound that's happening and all of a sudden you see the pearly white hallway and you go, Oh my god, I know what's happening. I know the yeah. ship. Yeah. Um this is this is the this is the beginning of of the of episode 4. This is holy crap. Like <laughs> like it's it's just you're just swarmed with nostalgia and it's this beautiful reveal twist fan service moment. And the ending of of Skyfall is just as good. <laughs> In this wow. moment where where they're on the rooftop him and Eva, uh, and they're having this exchange, and she she leaves and he follows her, and and this is literally how this this played out. She hangs her coat on a on a coat hook on a a, a hat rack coat hook thing. Sure. And I have this like instant like pull inside of me that goes, oh. Oh yeah. I know, like I know this. I know this coat hook. I know this 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 hmm. coat stand, this hat stand. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's interesting. And then, and then it 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 zooms out, cuts to a wider shot, and it's this little office with a window and mm-hmm. uh, a, a simple desk. And I'm like, God, this is incredibly familiar. This is very <laughs> reminiscent of something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she introduces herself. Uh, she didn't even have to. At the, honestly, he said, we haven't properly introduced ourselves. And the second he said that, 
I my jaw dropped, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" And every 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 piece just fell into place. Mm, and yeah. so before she said the words, I knew, mm-hmm. but that didn't make her saying the words any less magical. She says, "My name's Money Penny," mm. and I'm like, "Holy <laughs> freaking Fridays!" Yeah, I. And then, and as if as if I wasn't about to throw up on myself with happiness enough, <laughs> we pan over to a padded office door. Yeah, we do. Just one. There, it's not the double door, which sure. I feel like is a was an oversight. Mm. Um, but it's was fine. It do- was it double? Padded doors there. Okay. In the OG ones, it is. Yeah. Oh. You would go through one and close it, and then immediately they were oh. like on op. There was only like four inches between the doors, but yeah, it was a, <laughs> a double door in the OG sure. ones. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the padded door, and the guy comes through, and he says the perfect words. He'll see you now. Mm. Yeah. Which we've heard uttered outside of that door several times in the past. Sure. He'll see you now. Often by Money Penny, but sometimes by whoever M's been meeting with prior to that. He'll see yep. you now. Yeah, yeah. And Bond walks through that door into a room that we've seen not for a long time, but many times in the past. And it's M's office, and it's mm-hmm. the new M, and yeah. and it Mallory is now M, which works. His name's Mallory. He's sure. M. All right. Yeah. Sure. But oh my God, Pete. <laughs> I was that whole reveal, the magic, the fan, the pure fan service. Oh, I was wow. giddy. I I yeah. was absolutely giddy, and and oh. that happened. And th- my next feeling was sadness. I was like, oh shit! There's only two left. Yeah. Two, now that you've set this up, now that yeah. you've given me money, Penny, and yep. you've given me whatever, which yep. then made me curious when we get the next Bond, whether it be Henry Cavill or it be mm. Tom Hardy or it be whoever, yeah. um, will it be another reboot or mm. is it going to be what the Bond films of the past have been? Right. Same money, Penny, same M, yep. uh, just a different guy in the role. Yeah, good question. I'm kind of hoping for that. Me too. Yeah, but I don't know. Me too. Right. It, it, we won't know. Really, we won't know if that's a possibility until we see No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But good lord, <laughs> ten out of ten supporting characters in this film. I'm 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 getting goosebumps right now talking about it. But like, I, seriously, the hairs on my arms are standing up. Um. Yeah. That could be blood pressure from from the two hundred push ups I did today. Yeah, but I think it's it's just pure. Oh man, pure adrenaline from from thinking about this scene and just the supporting characters in this movie in general. Sure, 10 out of ten. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was wondering all this time. I was wondering it could have gone one of two ways. One, the way Sorry, that I, you described it. I rolled it. on there. I apologize. No, so was, no, 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 no. It could have gone one of two ways. And I was wondering if it was going to go this way. That was one option I played out in my head. The other option was that you were like, oh, yeah, great. Like, big deal, kind of. Like, that it would have fallen flat. 
So that it, it could have seemed tacky. It could have yes. seemed cheesy and campy and ridiculous yes. and like, oh, and, come on, really? And I can I can see both being valid responses. So I'm glad it was the response that it was. Uh, not so much that I'm a Bond purist and I would have been disappointed otherwise. I think it's just a more fun more fun experience as a human to hear you talk about that because it's fun that the Sam Mendes and the creative team was effective. They did what they set out to do by having that five minute scene at the end kind of tickle the hearts of both avid fans and just kind of new fans and casual fans. So it's very cool to hear. Up until this point in the series, it is the best moment in the James Bond franchise. For me. Yeah. There's no moment that tops it. There's no moment that I, I look upon and go, oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's a that was just a James Bond. That was an amazing must-watch moment. This, mm. is, this is, so far, that mm. is the quintessential James Bond moment. Yeah, because someone might make the argument, no, like, it, without the bonds of the 60s and 70s and 80s, that scene means nothing, to which I say, I don't care, I prefer this over that, it just means more to me. I I wouldn't say it's my favorite scene, I know that's not exactly what you said, but it's interesting that this scene is so solid and it's untainted, because I think some of my favorite scenes of James Bond come in Casino Royale, but from a character story perspective, they're a little tainted because he's backstabbed, he's heartbroken. Like it, mm. it's all just a fleeting glimpse. This is just like you can rewatch it without having any heartbreak. It's just it is what it is, and it's great, and it stands on its own. So yeah, that's cool. So I said in the past, and you kind of uh, uh, you know um, <laughs> that that you know that having watched all the other James Bond movies, that yeah. I had an appreciation for James Bond, that I had uh, a, a, pre, a appreciation for the character, for the supporting characters, for the world that's been created, that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And you're like, ah, okay, yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> um, hands down now, without argument, not debatable, had I started with Daniel Craig, sure, that scene meant would have meant nothing. I I would have uh, the scene would have ended the movie would have ended and I went would have went oh okay <laughs> right all right uh, who's money penny all right uh, okay this, yeah this, the secretary is that supposed to mean anything it's kind of a dated looking office <laughs> his office looks like the office of someone in the seventies yeah like that's a little weird sixties you know yeah. uh, no it was without a doubt. Yeah. The hours upon hours upon hours of 007 that I have watched. Yeah. Um is all worth it because of that scene. And and was necessary in order for that scene to have the impact that it had. I I'm I'm content with for all my life I had watched that scene and I had known the intellectual ties that it was making that, you know, M used to be a man, money pennies returned, like all these things. I was like intellectually I get it and I thought it was fun. I think that would That's have been a weird enough. sentence. M used to be a man. <laughs> Judy Dench, what are you not telling Judy, us? Yeah. You know, all these things, I, I think that was enough of a fun thing for me. I, I don't know if I had to watch all 25. I don't regret it, but um, was yeah, it, I, was I it can see the enhanced? merit. Was that? Was that scene enhanced now that you've seen the others? 
Um, I think it, perhaps not measurable. It's not at the same level as okay. you, but um, yeah, I can see the merit in it. Not enough yeah, that I yeah. would recommend if someone walked up to me, I would never say you need to watch all 24 leading up to Skyfall. But if they were going to watch 24 anyway, then I'd say, hey, this will be an interesting ride for you. Right. Okay. Yeah. I would I say gave... you at least would have to watch the Sean Connery ones. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. For that scene to have that impact. I gave supporting characters a nine out of 10. Admirable. And the only reason I didn't give it a 10, I gave it a one, a minus one penalty because there was no Felix Leiter, no Jeffrey Wright. I loved, I loved supporting characters because I've talked about this in um, the Pierce Brosnan films. We see the SIS headquarters and I loved it returning to MI6. um, And then obviously it blew up. So we were introduced to a new MI6 headquarters, but I thought that was cool. Um, new Q was great, new quartermaster. Um, and I loved how Q had an ongoing involvement with the story. He had his moment where he shows Bond some things, but it wasn't just high and by. He was there for different sequences with Bond. There were some action sequences where they were, had Bluetooth or, you know, radio raves with each other where they're talking and they're helping each other through a sequence. So I I liked how he had an ongoing involvement. Love the new money penny. I love the backstory. So now it's just this, we realize the reason she is where she is and she, she was suspended from field, from field work for shooting James Bond. And I think that's, that's great. Yeah. That's fun. Um, love, love, love Ralph Fiennes. Just as a side note, I, I thought the changing of the guard with them was great as much as I appreciate Judy Dent, J- Dent, Judy Dench. It's sad to see her go, um, but I love Very. Ralph Fiennes taking over. And I, the, the relationship we see with Bond and Judy Dench's M was quite interesting. It, it converted to quite a personal relationship from where it had been in the past. And my last character, um, I'm, I'm going to put Kincaid. Uh, you know, yeah, I've, I've made some jabs at him for being a little random and, you know, he had no car and all that stuff. And he's not exactly based on any historical character. So it's not as rich as the Money Penny or the new M or the Q. Um, but he, he was a great added taste to this. And, you know, the two lines that stood out for me is Bond's like, dude, you got to hit it. Leave. I'm not dragging you into this. And he's like, try and stop me from helping you. You jumped up little shit. And mm. I always, when I watched this in theaters, I remember just bursting out laughing with the person I saw this with is when like the assailants come into the house and he just blows them away and he just belts out, welcome to Scotland. I just, yeah, so good. But He's yeah, got I so gave much it, personality. Oh yeah. So I gave it a nine out of 10. Very solid category. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think the only reason I, the absence of Felix didn't, didn't count as a demerit for me is I mm. loved him so much in Casino Royale, but in Quantum of Solace, he was such a hitter, like he was kind of yeah. a, a dud for me. Yeah. And so this time around, I just didn't miss his, you know, sure. and there was so like everyone else's presence was so rich that I was sure. like, ah, I don't, I yeah. don't need this to be overcrowded. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Uh, yeah. Bond song. Sure. I gave it an eight. Oh, uh, okay. It, so it, I'm, I have to say I'm surprised because of all, I was just being predictive here. 
of all the categories that I thought you would have given it 10, I thought it would have been this for some reason. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's Adele's Skyfall. So it, it's, it's, we all know it. It's incredible. Um, the sequence was a little weird for me and kind of weak. Sure. Um, I didn't like the whole giant hand that pulls him down into the, that was, I was like, what? What's going on? <laughs> That's a little weird. Um, just cause it was, yeah, it was like a blending of the movie with the, you know, there was kind of like a fourth wall break that happened there where mm -hmm. the film, a scene that was still technically part of the film was now part of the sequence. I don't know. Um, and I, I'm still just not as, as good as it felt as, as punchy as it is to be that moment that it ends with, um, much, much like, you know, Star Wars when it like, it like it just kind of that transition that like growing from a circle in the center of the screen transition that always happens and you see the blue writing in star wars and the ba -bum, ba -bum, ba -bum, ba -bum, and mm. you know okay like star yep. wars is over now um and as much as the gun barrel sequence is that for this movie i still just i i i don't know i don't want it at the end it's, right yeah yeah. It's or 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 sandwich it. Give me both. Give me both. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fine. I that I'd wouldn't bother me at all. I wouldn't be like, ah, that's an overuse of it. No. Start mm. it with that. It's just <laughs> it's just I don't know. Mm. Um yeah. So but an eight, you know. Um you know, and maybe that's low, but but some of it was I, I don't think the demerits are are the song itself. I think it's some weirdness with the sequence and then the 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 damn gun barrel scene at the end of the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I gave this category a nine out of 10. So it's very close to the Casino Royale, which was 10 out of 10. You know what? Adele is great. The Vinnie montage is respectable. And to this, this film's credit, you know, I, I felt it had a bit of a classic Bond vibe, the song and the montage. And there were times where it did give me goosebumps, similar to when I got goosebumps in Casino Royale. It's not the nice. best. You know, the naked female silhouettes return. The one thing I will say is interesting, and again, it's a commentary on where this film is in the in modern day compared to films of the 60s being representative of, of that time. You know, I, I watched an interview where the the choreographer, or I don't even know what his role was, but someone involved in the creative team who was working with this video and it's just interesting how far we've come where his kind of vision of the song is, you know, there's a reason for everything in this song. Like it apparently it kind of represents Bond in this kind of quasi purgatory where he is almost kind of dying and he has all these demons in his past and in his present. And it's just interesting how it can be an artistic endeavor and it's come a long way from the, and you've said it jokingly of these past films where it's a guy with a megaphone saying, okay, where's the trampoline? Check. Where's the naked women jumping on the trampoline? Check. Let's, let's hit it. Let's do it. You know, we've All come. All right. Let's try to have this done before lunch. <laughs> exactly. Like it is, it is love it or hate it. I think it's okay. You didn't like it as much, but it is still fascinating that this montage has artistic endeavors in it that it's trying to oh, yeah, sure. convey themes and elements that are part of this film that are part of a more dimensional multi-dimensional james bond and that that is just cool it's just not just random things on a screen 
it all has artistic purpose. So for that alone, it's just cool to see how far we've come. But on its own, the song and the montage, a, ni- a respectable 9 out of 10. Fair. Uh, now, you have a category that doesn't matter. I mean, it matters. <laughs> it doesn't count towards the score. No. We don't, you know, easy, we don't score. Easy, it. son. Easy. Yeah. I have this... one thing to put in that category. I don't know about you. Sure. I've got one thing, and I feel a little ignorant. I couldn't find it on a Google search. I'm wondering if I'm grasping at something that's not there. When I watch this film, I sometimes catch it. So obviously it's the 50th anniversary of James Bond. I don't have any actual one-liners, like funny, witty things. It's more just, I sometimes wonder if in the screenplay, in the script, if there's intentional references to prior James Bond film titles, or if it just comes, if it just comes by accident. So, So the one that just stands out is... Uh, I forget the context now, but someone is saying, hey, we've got this secret file. I believe it's a secret file and it's for M and they say it's for her eyes only. So there's just like things that, hey, that sounds like for your eyes. only. Like there were just like little Bond, references yeah. that. Bond is having a guy analyze the shrapnel that he's dug out. That's of right. Shoulder. Yes. And he says, have this analyzed for her eyes only. For her eyes only. So, yeah. So there were like little things that I've never paid attention enough that if all the prior 22 eon films are all referenced like i don't think they are but i uh, know it maybe it's just one incidental coincidental line that sounds like one of the james bond films and i don't know if there are any other i missed it didn't come up on a quick google search so i don't think it's a thing but i thought that would have been right. kind of a cool thing to just have them all kind of under the radar mentioned in passing so I have two to add, actually. Please. And I think um, I, I can actually shed some light on the for her eyes only thing. Okay. So the film is yeah. for her majesty's eyes only. And I think that, so when he says for her eyes only, I don't think that that's, uh, I don't think that that's M's eyes. Oh. I think that for her eyes only, for her, I think her is a reference to the queen. Uh, is a reference to Her Majesty. Sure. And so I think for her eyes only is a way of saying super classified, top confidential. Okay. This quiet. Okay. So this is of 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 national security importance. So I'm maybe I'm maybe grasping. I interpret that. I could be grasping at something here. Um. So the two, interestingly, are not are not lines spoken by Bond. Oh, one is spoke wow. by Money Penny, okay. and Bond says to her, um, "Impressive, because a moving target is harder to hit." And she reto- and then he walks away, and she retorts and says, "Well, you better keep moving then." <laughs> and that yeah. was a great line. The other line that just I was like, "Oh yeah, this is amazing," is when um, when Q gives Bond the gun and the radio transmitter. And um, Bond kind of says, oh, so a, a, a palm print encoded gun and a, a radio transmitter. Um, and then makes some comments. Uh, oh, he's like, it's, it's, it's like Christmas or something. Right. Makes a sarcastic kind of like, oh, is that it? And Q says, what were you expecting? An exploding pen? Yeah. You don't really go in for that kind of thing anymore. Yeah, that's cool. And that was like, you know, it was it was so self-aware. It was this amazing acknowledgement of like, yeah, the gadgets are were a little less 
tacky with our gadgets now. We're a little more realistic. We're a little more practical, real-world stuff. Um, and so that was fun. But that so was listen, a pretty. If cool I take line. all my categories, yeah. and I and I average them up, my current reigning champion is Casino Royale, the 2006 Casino Royale. Yep. As is yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it has a 7.6. Sure. So 7.6 is the leader in your scoring. Gotcha. 7.6 okay. is what we have to try to beat. Sure. Skyfall gets a 9.1. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I loved this film. Okay. Loved it. Not only do I think it's the quintessential Bond film in every possible way, mm -hmm. uh, it was by far my favorite. Oh, wow. Um, it was just so good. It's okay, so, so what? So what are your top three again? So now it's Skyfall at number one. S Skyfall. Yeah. Then Casino Royale. Okay. And then Goldeneye. Oh, and then Goldeneye. Okay. Like, you know what? Yeah. I feel like that's 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 an arguable list. Sure. That's, yeah. You know, if I'm going to tell you that those are the three best Bond films: Skyfall, Sh Casino Royale, and Goldeneye. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, that's a that's a you know. I'm not okay. saying, oh, you know, uh, Skyfall, Thunderball, <laughs> License to Kill, <laughs> right? Like this is that's a respectable, sure, top three. I feel oh like. yeah. So, so I had at the leaderboard. I had Casino Royale at nine point three. Right. At number Which one. Which I thought I thought you were trigger happy and friggin' out to lunch and. And that that many tens should never be given. Yeah, uh, I feel a little. But I was like, young. I, you, listen, I was young and I didn't know. I you didn't were know. on I me not like seen the... you were just ripping on me. Like every time I gave a ten, and I feel like they were around the same numbers you did. You're like, dude, you can't do that. You can't. You can't do I it. I had. Ne I was young and I had not seen the light of <sighs> a burning Scottish estate. Okay. And now I have. Yeah. Um. You know, I gave Skyfall. Out of ten, a seven point five. That's that's high. That's so good. Very very different from your score. You know, like not as high, but it's still good for second best. Yeah, there you go. So my top three as of right now are Casino Royale at nine point three, Skyfall mm. at seven and a half. And Goldfinger at 6.5. Yeah. Which is so interesting to me that that one's held in, but... Yeah. It could... I'm I'm curious if we scored it today, how it would be different, because that was so early right. on that, you know, maybe we, we were a little... Context. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so our top two are just flipped. Yeah. My second favorite is your first favorite, and your first favorite is my second favorite. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Cool. And I could honestly live with either. Like, I feel like there was a small period, maybe a couple years, where I probably thought Skyfall was the best, and then I grew back to thinking, no, I think it still is Casino Royale, but okay. they're very close. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I do what you do best, man. I, I'm not even going to try. Okay. Oh, so, wait. Trivia. Yeah. So we've got a couple things to go over here. One. Because right, I have trivia for you. Yeah. So let me. So I'll go over the couple things. One, 
I there's a flaw, not even a flaw. It just it does feel like this Skyfall is a bit of a side quest from some of the James Bond storyline as far as answering some of the underlying questions of what happened in one and two of the Daniel Craig. Like, what is this underlying organization? How does it relate to anything that we're doing? We kind of take a break from it, which I mean, I think is a bit I'm a little upset about it that we just step away from it. But that being said, it's still a really good movie, so it's hard to fault it for what it's done. Um, and then of note, we have to figure out where this film ranks on the tomato meter. So I have two options. What are the two options? The two options are five or 18. Five. Yeah. Five. That's, <laughs> I mean, really? Like, come I on. would honestly, if it were, okay, <laughs> I would... I would struggle, and I'm not kidding. I would yeah, yeah, struggle yeah. to continue reviewing these films had this scored 18. Sure, sure, sure. So let me just give you, let me just, let me just say this here. So, for the context, number one was on this tomato meter is Goldfinger is number one at 98. Casino Royale is two with 95%. From Russia with Love is 95% at number three. Doctor No is four at 95%, and then Skyfall is 92 So for, somehow from Russia and Dr. No rank higher than this. Yeah, so, I don't see that. The last I think thing that's I'll just say, a nostalgic, diehard yeah. oh, fanboy thing. Yeah, someone who just found out what Rotten Tomato was, and they're like, hey, let's click this a lot of times, Martha. Um, yeah. The other thing I just want to tell you, Thunderball is only 4% lower than Skyfall. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, uh, trivia. That's all that is is yeah. bullshit. Trivia okay. me. Give me some trivia. Okay, so I have two for you. Please. Uh, and they're they're not true or false. They're not options. It's just like, do you know mm. something? Please. And if you do, then tell me. And if you don't, then I'll enlighten you. Sure. Um, there is. Um, there's a there's an extra detail. So obvi- obviously the the 1964 Aston Martin that Daniel Craig whips out in this is a homage, is a a tip of the hat to Sean Connery. Sure. Um, but there's there's a hidden detail that most people likely miss um, in this tipping of the hat. Can you tell me what it is? Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. No. If you go back, so what? What is it? Is it Thunderball that we first see the Aston Martin? Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Is it Goldfinger? Yeah. So if you go back and watch Goldfinger, okay. you will find the identical license plate number. So not only is it the same car, oh but really? It's the same license plate. Oh no! Which way. just felt like a. So I paused the movie while we were watching it, and I looked it up because I was like, oh, "I wonder." I was like, "If they mm. if they're smart, then they would have done this." Um, the other thing, famously, this Cut. film, yep, had to spend an extra chunk of change <laughs> in post production. Oh, to fix a mistake. Do you know what that was? Huh. Um, like like million. I should have looked up the number, but like millions, millions mistake. of extra dollars to fix a mistake that is kind of Daniel Craig's fault, but at the same time, 
there's a whole crew that should have caught this as well. So Oh, no, I have no idea. So, and you can still, there's actually, I knew this going into it, so it was kind of some fun. There's one or two moments where the continuity is a little loose, and you'll see like a scene where they didn't bother to, to correct it. <laughs> okay. Um, so famously, when the... Um, when they started shooting this film, Daniel Craig had found a pair of leather gloves that he really liked. Um, And you see him wear these leather gloves several times throughout the film. In fact, they even end up being a plot point because they kind of, the guy that he's holding on to kind of slips because, partially because Bond's arm is all messed up, but also partially because of these gloves he's wearing. Sure. Um, and so he loved these gloves so much that he wore them through most of the shooting. Like, he's like, ah, this is going to be, this is Bond's gimmick this time around. He's just, he's got these gloves. He really sure. likes them. He's going to wear this, these gloves. So they shoot the whole film. <laughs> and then someone goes, wait a second. How does the palm print encoded gun work? <gasps> oh. Where he's wearing gloves. And so if you go through, if you have like a 4K version. Yeah. And like pause it and zoom in and go frame by frame you can tell occasionally that anytime he's got that gun out um that those are (laughs) gloves that he's wearing that have been digitally painted to look like his hands (laughs) yeah because it was either because it was either reshoot yeah all of the action sequences basically oh man or spend millions of dollars and weeks and weeks and weeks digitally turning his gloved hands into into gloveless hands. Which, wow. again, total friggin', but there's just the odd time where you're like, ah, the shape of his hand is a little weird. <laughs> like his fingers <laughs> seem really fat. And right. because he's wearing leather gloves. Oh, um, wow. And, no, 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 no. And which technically, so yeah, is is Daniel Craig's fault? But come on, how did nobody, like every yeah. day on set, he's wearing, he's, you know, he, he the, the, the bad guy picks up the gun and it doesn't work because he doesn't have the right palm print. And then Bond picks it up again and uses it because he does have the right palm print, but he's wearing hmm. leather gloves and nobody goes, whoa, uh, actually, hang on a second. Nobody? <laughs> wow. Yeah, but, that's not good. Yeah. So that's. That's a fun piece of trivia. That is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So wrap wrap this damn thing up, boy. Sure. I'll wrap this up. Uh, of note, I just want to say this is the highest grossing Bond film. Not accounting Should for inflation. Be. Not in counting, but uh, over a billion dollars worldwide. Because the people know what's good. <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah. If you haven't done so already, please check out our links below. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like, follow, subscribe. If you haven't done so already... Uh, if you're feeling so inclined, check out our Patreon and merchandise pages below. It's a way to support the show, help keep the lights on, help pay the bills, help us grow. And also, with the Patreon page, it's a way for us to give you perks and incentives uh, for helping support the show. So check that out. If you're not at that level of support, no worries. Uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you for, as weird as it is to say, one more episode of James Bond. Well, one until, more. Well, until no time to die. Until no time to die. Yeah, exactly. One, one more soon, and then yeah. several month hiatus. Well, one more soon, and then we'll review them all again, leading up to no time to die. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just lightning round. Um <laughs> God no. Uh Yeah, check out Patreon. We are um literally like this month going to replace 95% of the equipment that the show's recorded with. Yeah. Um in, including um potentially enabling, you know, future proofing so that when COVID is over we can have guests in person they can have mm-hmm. their own mic everything will sound good yeah um you know so and and a little bit of extra support honestly like a a, a dollar a month makes that much of a difference it really mm-hmm. does yeah so um yeah so thank you so much if you enjoyed this episode good for you if you didn't enjoy this episode uh, deal with it. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I did my best. It was a long, it was a long episode, but it also, needed to be. Also, shout out to Matt because I feel like he needs to be shouted out for being his favorite film and being in cahoots with you. Me too, Matt. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs>